0: Hey, wonderfuls! Welcome to episode four hundred and fifty-five of the JV Club with my marvelous guest, Hallie Stanford. What a treat of an episode this was for me to record. I hope so much that you enjoy it as well. I could talk to Hallie all day about not just her life but her work at the Jim Henson Company. Um, anybody who enjoys a Muppet or two is going to really, really enjoy this. So please listen in, enjoy that. I also just wanted to acknowledge a couple of wonderful emails I got recently. Amy, I want to thank you so much for your lovely, lovely email. And I also wanted to actually quote a listener, Lance, who is a psych professor at a university on the East Coast, who said, I wanted to send a quick message to let you know how much I really love a concept you talked about on The episode with Aaron Keefe, the idea of adolescents needing to burn off energy in some way, like lighting a firework, perfectly captures an idea I have been struggling to convey in my classes for over 20 years. I absolutely plan to incorporate it into my lectures later this semester. Now I just need to find a way to explicitly connect it to neuropsychological changes happening in the limbic system during this time. Oh my gosh, this made me so happy. As you all know, I am such a fan of educators and to feel like, you know, something that Aaron and I chatted about casually... Um, might make its way in some tiny, tiny way into uh, academia. It just makes me really happy. So Lance, thank you so much for sharing that with me. You are all wonderful and please enjoy this episode. I'll talk to you next week. Listen, I'm trying to get right into this since I just said that I miss being in person. And part of it is uh, and I've had this experience where I have met and maybe you have too, over the last couple of years. I will meet someone via Zoom and then the heavens will part and a light will shine down and we'll be allowed to see each other in person for the first time before a new variant takes over. Yeah. And I have the worst gauge of how tall people are going. To oh, be. me too. Just I, the I very worst. I was wondering worst. what
1: you were going to say when you were saying that. I'm like, Yeah. I had uh, 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 almost all of my staff was hired during the pandemic at different points. And then we went, went back to the office. I realized I was the shortest person in the office. I'm like, wait. What? What? There,
0: what? You know what's so funny is that I was going to say even so, <laughs> not only am I a bad gauge of that with Zoom, but I'm also apparently a bad gauge of that in picture in looking at other people's pictures yeah, me too. because I looked at you and I was like, she looks like a bit of a string bean, just like I was. Like I wonder if she's a tall one. No. Uh, but if you were the shortest person in the office, well, and I'm and 5'6". I'm, 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 I think I was the tallest. I'm five Okay, well that's not. Yeah. So it's yeah, not, that's not small. Yeah, but
1: I'm telling you, everybody's really tall. Yeah.
0: Henson Henson attracts that sort of gangly wonderful like graceful yet clumsy artists and geniuses yes. so I guess I'm not surprised that yeah. everyone is tall yeah
1: you were looking I was looking at those photos <laughs> gathering them up for you and I was like look at my legs Ooh. <laughs> those were some legs I did, way back when
0: you uh, they don't look be- like that anymore Uh, I will say, I will say at the risk of being inappropriate, they were beautiful gams. Very, very nice Uh, gams. Um, I was so, I was so self-conscious about my legs in high school and really all through school that I don't think you'll ever see my legs in (laughs) a photograph. They're always in like big baggy jeans or like a long peasant skirt or something or like (laughs) maybe shorts with long underwear underneath. Like I just was not showing my legs ever.
1: I grew up in San Diego, so we did. But you know what? It was Like, you're describing the outfits I wore, particularly the peasant skirts and uh, Renaissance vests. Although, anyway, that was a whole different. (laughs) I grew up in the 80s. Also, I I dressed like Molly Ringwald in Pretty in Pink, too, before that movie came out. so
0: yeah. Because she was super stylish and looked super great. And that was such a movie for anybody who wanted to dip a toe into, like, the sort of vintage clothing. Yes. it's, It's cool. It's fine if you stitch together two different... I mean, it's basically... I was going to say, isn't isn't Cinderella's dress made of like a bunch of scraps of this and that? She just has birds and mice helping her. She has but, birds and
1: mice. I did too, and, but um, yeah. it looked a little bit different, but yes.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, the way that birds and mice help me in my yard are to leave poop everywhere. So <laughs> or to eat, I or to eat the oranges. Yeah. Or to eat the oranges. Um, well, I'm from Tucson, Arizona, so I don't really have a good excuse what? for being always covered up. My
1: whole family's from Tucson, Arizona. No way. Yes. Yes, Are you I, serious? I was born in Mesa, Arizona, and I feel oh like gosh. I'm a Tucson girl, honorary Tucson girl, and so yeah. my mom went to U of A, my sister went to U of A, yeah,
0: Harvey Mason went Jr., to who
1: is our executive music uh, director on Fraggle Rock, is a wildcat, and like that sold me instantly, I'm like, you're in.
0: Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah, I went to N. I went to NAU before I moved to San Francisco, just because I still wanted to have that college experience. Yeah. Like I wanted to go to a place. Of course. I wanted the weather to be different. Yeah. You know, I, I loved too. being in snow, which was, you know, a huge deal. But that's so true for San Diego and Tucson. They're like sister cities. So so many people from Tucson end up going to school in San Diego and yes. vice versa. Yes.
1: And I'm still really close with uh, my. So my mom is still close with her best friends from childhood. And then their kids are still my really dear friends, too. And
0: uh, do you get out there much? No,
1: I haven't. been. I mean, when is the last time I've been there uh, pre-pandemic? Mm, maybe a couple years, maybe a couple of years oh, that's before that. Yeah. I
0: thought you were going to be like, it's been two decades. No, no but it's...
1: I miss the cheese crisps. Nom, nom, nom.
0: Oh, the cheese crisps. That is the stuff that. I mean, it took a long time for me to see a chimichanga in California, especially in Northern <laughs> California. And that was...
1: Especially in Northern California. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: A major staple. And I think when you're a kid and you're growing up with that kind of food, which really was predominantly a Mexican food every day. A, you're not realizing that a chimichanga is not good for you because you're a child and your metabolism is like a bumblebee. Yeah. And so you're just not thinking on, on those terms. And now I'm like, oh, I... I ate. I really ate a lot of 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 fried dough. (laughs) I love that. I love that you have that Tucson connection. Yeah. I have to say it doesn't surprise me. I I do feel like, you know, people are always surprised about Tucson having the the kind of level of liberal culture and goofiness and creativity and kind of authenticity that it does. But it's just baked right in.
1: It's baked right in. I agree. Well, my mom and my dad. My dad wasn't from, my dad was from Miami. Um, okay. But they met, they met in graduate school, and he was a photographer an artist, and artist. My mom was such a groovy, beatnik lady and, and very liberal. So you never know. I love it. You never know.
0: And San Diego is, it certainly has that element to it, but it also has like a big like military presence, right? Because there are just a lot of Yeah, I grew, up in,
1: I grew up in Point Loma, uh, just right down the road from the military base. Yeah. So I, I would walk to, we had an amazing movie theater that I would walk to all the time. I, I saw movies like 20 times each, uh, and it was right next to uh, the Navy base. And now oh, yeah. when I look back and I'm like, I can't believe that I walked there like as a 10 year old, like at night. Like,
0: by the, yeah. At the base. Uh, yeah. To go
1: see crazy. Lady Hop for, you know,
0: number. <gasps> Do not get me started on Lady Hawk. I yeah,
1: love it I so love Lady much. Hawk.
0: Lady Hawk, young Sherlock Holmes. Oh, oh, yep. Young Sherlock Holmes also saw many. T- you really well. Nick had told me, uh, listeners, our mutual friend and colleague uh, Nicole Goldman over at the Henson Company had said you that we had to meet. And yeah. I mean, obviously, it's immediately obvious why. But I didn't know we were going to be pulling out Lady Hawk and young Sherlock Holmes references this early in the <laughs> podcast. This is. Uh, unprecedented. This Willow. is wonderful. I, I, I'm just trying and to remember Willow.
1: all the yes. ones that I saw way too many times. Like I would oh my walk gosh. At night. Like gotta
0: go see. Oh yeah. with like I rolled
1: tacos and chimichangas.
0: <laughs> you get it. You get it. Lady Hawk has one of the strangest soundtracks. I don't know if it's been a while since you revisited it, but oh, it is a very about. strange. It's all- <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> like (laughs) super synthy super like very very modern in that it dates itself because it's so 80s that it's like oh bless your heart you thought that that was like a timeless kind of modern (laughs) my
1: son max who (laughs) is 23 he um he didn't go into music but he's so good at composing and i'm like dude you should just take that movie and just redo the soundtrack yes and he kind of agrees but I would
0: love to see it. I need it because I want the I want the new version with Max's soundtrack to exist for quality's sake. And then I want (laughs) for emotion and nostalgia's sake. I also want that other version to exist. I need both versions. I know. I think Um, it would go a long way. Mm -hmm. It would go a long way. (laughs) So you sound like you were a bit of a movie nerd Mm -hmm. um, from the get go. Uh, were you, was that translating into, I mean, I know you mentioned your Renfair uh, Ren Faire, uh oh, yeah. esque peasant skirts and stuff. How, was that all sort of something that you reflected on the outside as well? Or was some of that kind of tucked inside? How, how kind of out and about with your nerdiness were you when you were a teenager?
1: Oh, I'd love to give you the phone numbers of all my girlfriends that I'm still, I'll give you Jen and <laughs> Carrie's phone numbers. They'll, they'll tell you <laughs> so much so. But you know what, when you just asked me that, I thought, wow, I'm such an introvert, but I am an introvert, but I, I don't hide who I am, right? So I was definitely, yeah. like, out there in my Ren Faire and d and I was, like, a proud nerd. though, Like, I owned yeah. it. I was like, yeah, I played D&D. What are you going to do about it? And then, of course, what they did about it was nobody asked me out. But um, anyway, <laughs> um, but uh, I love movies and I love television. Yeah. And I, I mean, I watched so much television, we could talk for hours and hours, but you know, obviously there's a reason I've been at the Jim Henson company for 27 years is because yes. I love the Muppets and oh. loved Fraggle Rock and then, um, loved all his movies, uh, particularly Dark Crystal. I love so much. Yeah. I know there's, there's the Labyrinth Dark Crystal, you know, um war but i feel more on the crystal side
0: different though i I know i mean i understand that they came out in this sort of formative time for a certain generation i definitely am a part of that as well um but they are wildly tonally different like for as much as the for as much as the magic is catches you in that same kind of your heart's pounding way at like how is this possible i really feel transported yeah you know there's some tough moments in labyrinth but the dark crystal was so he- like weighed so heavy on me. I was so worried yeah. about the Gelflings. I was so, you know, I was so torn about the sort of yin and yang of, of the skexies. and, you know, I mean, just all of that. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's really extraordinary when you're that age and you feel like you're being given something that, you know, on some level belongs to you, but you also feel like you're in the grown ups world.
1: Yeah, because it was so sophisticated, right? It was yeah. like sophisticated uh, fairy tale storytelling. And yeah, I was really lucky um, that I was surrounded by like Spielberg, Lucas, Henson, all these like big world builders. And I got to like kind of grow up with that as the stories around me. But Dark Crystal, yeah, I mean, there's a reason I wanted to beg Lisa to let me do a prequel. Um, because Ugh, I love that world. And I want to be there. So I loved the fantasy world. Like I was a big reader and McCaffrey Tolkien. Um, and so I had that kind of nerdy side in the D D, but yeah. then the other side was the big theater side. And I think the theater side is what identified with the Muppets and the oh, comedy. Sure. Like I was in like a little sketch comedy troupe in high school and we that's performed that's at cool. people's prom dinners. It was, <laughs> I don't know.
0: I think we made money. I don't remember. And you were also a mascot. So you were, you (laughs) kind of had a dip to toe into a lot of different social circles. Not to say that there can't be overlap or that all those people can't belong to the same groups, but, um, you know, when we sort of do think of the Pretty in Pinks, uh, yeah. those kind of iconic movies, especially in the 80s, like, it sounds like you were, were you a I'm friends with everybody kind of person?
1: I was, uh, you know, it's part of the culture of Llama Portal and Point Llama that uh, everybody was pretty cool to one another. I was actually nice. the only Jew I knew for a really long time. Oh, my gosh. I never felt anything but supported and seen. And
0: That's then in great. high
1: school, I met three more. But anyway,
0: uh-huh. um, all the rest of the Jews were with me in Tucson because all my friends were Jewish and I was sad that I wasn't. So like, okay, they <laughs> we were had the you. reverse exactly. experience. And my mom that's was right. the one that
1: let Yeah. So that's she, right. Maybe she did relate. But um, the mask. So, yeah. So I feel like I definitely did bounce between different um, cliques uh, for sure. But the mascot, I knew you'd like that mascot photo. That's great. The mascot had to really do with my really good girlfriend at the time, Krista, who I haven't spoken to in forever. She said to me, we were in this kind of very nerdy little group, and she's like, I want to try out to be a cheerleader. Please, 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 please come with me and try out. And I was like, no way. There's no (laughs) way I'm going to do that with you. She said, please, please, please. And then I heard that there was the mascot position open. and I was like, wait a second that's fun. So um, I auditioned and I I really believe the reason I got it is because all the varsity cheerleaders at the time were my old babysitters. I think they're like, oh, little Hallie. Oh yeah, we remember her. Okay. She can be it. So um, I did it for a while, but I was definitely out of my comfort zone. Not being the mascot. The mascot was awesome. Put that dog head on me and I was like dancing and jumping around and having fun. I was out of my comfort zone definitely with the social group and the football players and all of that. And I kind of, I have to confess to you, I broke down probably around the springtime. I'm like, I got to go. I'm going to go be in The Wiz.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> got to go. Wait, please tell me that you moved into an animal role in The Wiz because you were able to say, uh, as you see on my CV, I've uh, already <laughs> played a dog. Um, I, played,
1: I could play a flying monkey. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, I played out pearl. I
0: played the goofy witch um, oh that's great that's yeah. such a great show oh uh, the whiz by the way the movie also had that sort of feverish like am i supposed to be watching this it's kind of scary those oh, moments yeah? of the dark crystal too, where like i mean i remember being terrified by the subway like oh, garbage yeah. cans i like, agree i thought the whiz was ooh.
1: terrifying and i was like what is wrong with it i mean like I was in The Wiz after I saw the movie. So I was like, oh, Dorothy's a little girl in The Wiz? Like, I was like, yeah. "Like, what is going on here in the movie? She's such
0: uh-huh. a <laughs> it's very mature. So it was very, very mature. mature. Um, well, I will say, first of all, it made me so happy just to hear you say, and I know that there's probably no better way to say this, but just hearing you say, when I found out the mascot position was available, <laughs> it just sounded so Formal, uh, that I loved the idea of like, well, you know, every generation, uh, eventually we <laughs> they, they open up this position. Uh, it's a very coveted position. Coveted. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I have something else to tell you, Dad, <laughs> though.
1: Here's my little true uh, confession is that I was the JV mascot, so okay, there was a varsity mascot too.
0: Uh huh, same animal, same animal, okay,
1: but there was only one head. <laughs> Oh, so no. if there was a varsity
0: game, <laughs> they, he got the head and it was my face. That's scary. You really have to be because you're right. The There was even a great uh, I guess it was a This American Life. I feel like I've brought this up more than once on the podcast because I cannot stop thinking about it. But it's an old episode where they talk about the. The power of masks, again, goes seamlessly into puppeteering and, you know, many things, Henson. Uh, But that that, that absolutely transformational, like, oh, I'm the shyest person in the world and you put me in a mascot suit and I become something else. But having to have, but being still your face visible... That's a different. That's a different prospect, right there. Like that. Yes, it was. That's very yeah, different. I had to
1: be brave. I had to be so. Did brave. Did you do a
0: little like nose on your nose or anything? No, because
1: you I should have. I didn't even think of that. Wait, that's a good idea. I should have backup ears and stuff. Oh. Wow.
0: A couple of socks wouldn't have been that tough. I I was—I
1: just didn't think it through. Anyway, yeah. So I thought you'd
0: enjoy that. So whenever, like, I
1: deal with puppeteers who are in the suits, like, this is really hard. I'm like, you know, it's hard being a mascot. That we didn't get breaks. We just (laughs) stay in the suit for the whole football game. Nobody like gave us five minute breaks.
0: Uh, Oh yeah, good for you. Crack that whip, crack the puppeteering whip. Here's what I want to ask about this, because uh, it didn't go unheard when you mentioned that no one asked you out uh, because you announced that you were in D&D. But my question for you is, was it a situation where, because I could see a situation very much so where the people, your fellow nerds who were boys, you could be their their dream girl if you're into that. But if you're having crushes on, if it's love triangle kind of stuff or love... I don't know if it, but I, th- I guess if it's triangle, then the like hot guy has to have a crush back on one of the nerd boys. But if it's a uh, an L shape love triangle, um, <laughs> that you know, would, that, that like it doesn't. You think that you were undesirable. You think no one wanted to go out with you. But could it also be that the people who wanted to go out with you were too shy and nerdy to ask you, and you were too shy yes. and nerdy to ask? You know, paying it forward, uh, yeah. so to speak.
1: Yeah, Poten- The answer to that is potentially yes, but maybe they were too shy to also. Yeah. Um. So you know, I was really lucky. I had really, really close friends, guy friends. So like, <laughs> that was a great substitute. They all loved
0: you. They were all in oh, love with my, you. Yeah.
1: My bestie, Craig, he was the best. Like he put up with me. He put up with me, like he would sit and watch the Smurfs and Fraggle Rock with me. And we were like teenagers. Ugh. He was like, all right, I guess this is what we're watching. But you just reminded me that like, I also had one guy friend, his name's Dave Finkel, and he ended up uh, writing on New Girl. He's like a big showrunner. He loved that mascot. I'm going back to the mascot. He loved that mascot, about the mascot costume so much that he's like, can I just wear it? Like, can I wear it? <laughs> I like, think, I mean. He would, like, wear it yeah. around. Like, he loved it, too. That mascot uniform got some, got some play.
0: I was going to say, I mean, there is a place for him at Comic-Con. If he wants to throw on an animal <laughs> costume, he will be welcomed with open arms. Yes, yes. Um, and I get it. I get it. But, okay, so... So does that is that kind of a consistent thing through high school is that you sort of didn't have like yeah, there are I, other friends of mine who had these long term like all four years I was with the same person no. in a weird monogamous marriage of high schoolers like
1: I think I was too immature if you really yeah. want to know like I think I was too immature and I was terrified I think I was deep down terrified Of guys and dating and sex and all of that. I really do. Um, Why? Uh, We could go into that for hours and hours. But so I think there was an immaturity in me that maybe I didn't see people or I also could have been very, very picky. I was very picky. Um, So that was part of it. Camp was always a good time.
0: Oh, uh, summer camp? Summer camp Same, go time. back to the same summer camp? Was it like your second group of yeah. people? Like yep. you watched each other grow up in between school years? We did. Thank years? you
1: for acknowledging that. Yes, yeah. I went to Idlewild Arts up in uh, oh, nice. Idlewild, California. It's... Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my friend I just mentioned, Dave, I met him there, um, who wore the mascot uniform. Yeah, I had a lot of my friends growing up uh, there in the summers. Uh, actually, I just saw one. I just saw her. Oh, yeah? We reached out uh, when we thought the pandemic was over. Uh, Mindy Clark, uh, we uh, we were in West Side Story together, and then we were like, "Let's go see it together." And then and then I'm
0: yeah. and then we're like, "Oh well, I we'll, know
1: we'll see it again." But you know, I I definitely have said you know to to friends with kids that are teenagers, like you know what. They don't have to like have heavy boyfriends and girlfriends in high school and they'll still For have sure. really wonderful relationships but there's For a lot of pressure sure. i don't know how i don't know how i would have done in the social media world as a
0: high schooler <sighs> i shudder to think about how i would have done i shudder to think i'm yeah. so hypersensitive me too. i can't imagine like more stimuli coming from more places than already was was hitting me it just sounds like so anxiety inducing Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun.
1: Did your neighbor back into your car? Bring that case to Judge Judy. Think the mailman might be the real father? Give that one to Judge Mathis. But. Does your mom want you to flush her ashes down the toilet at Disney World when she passes away? Now that's my jurisdiction. Welcome to the
0: court of Judge John Hodgman, where the people are real, the disputes are real, and the stakes are often unusual. If I got arrested for dumping your ashes in the Jungle Cruise, it would be an honor.
1: I don't want to be part of somebody getting a super yacht.
0: I don't know at what point you want to go into this, but we've had a worm bin before. Available free right now at
1: MaximumFun.org. Judge John Hodgman,
0: the court of last resort when your wife won't stop pretending to be a cat and knocking the clean laundry over. For those of us, and I was it's very similar to you and I was a huge reader and I loved TV and I loved films and that's a kind of a confusing time too because when you're a teenager and you're sort of figuring out how you self-identify and what you want your life to look like and it feels incredibly far away and then you are a person who's sort of saturating yourself with all of this, these different kinds of storytelling um, and the way that romance is depicted in yeah. that storytelling you know that can be confusing too it can be helpful and and useful and educational and inspiring and it can also be sort of like setting different expectations or sort of living in a place where, oh, it's supposed to be like this in a way that's, like, pressureful, even for the greatest, you know, films among.
1: I agree. Uh, Thinking, you know, on the two films we just named right now, uh, Young Sherlock Holmes, I was just like, when you watch that movie now, I'm like, why do they have a crush on Sherlock Holmes? It's so (laughs) weird.
0: Everybody always has a crush on Sherlock Holmes, no matter who it is.
1: (laughs) But um, Lady Hawk, yeah, you have these fantasy... Romances, And I think it set expectations. Like, I want to be with somebody that wants to watch Lady Hawk. And I want to yeah. be with somebody that wants to I want to be this.
0: with somebody who turns into a wolf by night. Is that so much to ask?
1: Yeah, exactly. Just now,
0: let me turn into a hawk. Now, my
1: husband right now, Ian, he's so great because... He let me live out my fantasy in our wedding because you have to know the other show I loved so much was Little House on the Prairie. And we had a little wedding. I heard this. Yeah.
0: You did? Yes. Uh, yes. What was did. your what was your wedding dress? Uh, it was like a prairie homage? dress.
1: It was a prairie <gasps> dress. And I, remember I at the time, love it. My sister's like, how could you wear this? And I'm like, it's very hip. We're, prairie dresses are in again. Got I'll
0: tell you was. what, they are again. Yeah. They are again. You absolutely could. There's a couple of they're twins right. who live in the neighborhood adjacent to mine who I found to be a beautiful mystery because they're, I think they're my age or a little older, but they have long blonde hair and they carry umbrellas oh. and they uh, always wear these kind of corresponding prairie dresses. Like she'll have a pink umbrella and be wearing a yellow prairie dress, and her twin will have vice versa the pink umbrella whatever I just said, reverse it. Um, and I, and then they had this a very sweet golden retriever and I would see them. I mean, I was very regularly taking the same walk every day. It was like my walk. And I, we were always out at the same time and they were, they're kind of, they're not super friendly Given everything you see, sort of imagine they're going to be like, hello, how are you? You know, and they were sort of a little bit standoffish. And I became so obsessed with trying to understand who they were that um, I, I saw them, I saw them like go towards where their house was. And I was like, I don't know. If I just Google like twins and this neighborhood, will something come up? Because there's something happening here and lo and behold immediately i find out that they design they repurpose like vintage wedding dresses and totally bring in the sort of like hipster prairie like very romantic but sort of still maybe you got some cowboy boots on uh maybe the the photo shoot is you wearing your your dress like outside a warehouse in downtown LA mean, it was just this very specific and I was so proud of myself like I knew something was going on there (laughs) and it made so much sense to me part of me like
1: wishes they were just time travelers
0: and you're like listen I would be on board for that. I used to dress up in my best Anne of Green Gables like as yes. close as I could approximate and then I would stand outside in my front yard and <laughs> pose like I <laughs> was a statue hoping that people would think like, "Oh, who's what's that mannequin from?" Um time travel big deal, very very big deal, still a big deal in the stuff that I get excited about and yeah. certainly was true when I was a young person like loved anything time travel-y.
1: Me too, and I think that's why you know, you and I have our peasant dresses and go to the Renaissance Fair. I've gone to the Jane Austen Ball quite a bit. Um, oh, that's
0: cool.
1: That's been fun. I didn't that's
0: even know there fun. was a Jane Austen Ball. There oh, is, but so they get, they're, they're
1: kind of, there's some hardcore fans there, too. I
0: uh-huh.
1: get mad <laughs> if you don't scary. know the right steps. And then my husband oh, and I like, no. run off the dance floor like, run! Oh,
0: no. Jane Austen bullies. <gasps> I Jane can't Austin believe bullies. it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're kind of yeah, that's too that's too harsh. Well, I, I I'm sure that this is something that you. I mean, I'm I first of all, I'm a hundred percent sure you're gracious about it because I know that your enthusiasm is real. But to be that person, just like Nick, when I first met her, and I feel like I've I've sang the song over and over to her as the years have gone by. But being of a generation where Jim Henson was this mythological figure yeah. creating the most fundamental, special, emotional, funny stuff for us as young people. Uh, and then now you working on, I mean, you're working on Fraggle Rock. You're working on Fraggle Rock. Yeah. The show that you, your buddy used to semi-willingly watch with you.
1: Exactly. I mean. Yeah. Dream come true. You know, it's and I love, I, I always tell people, like, I really was like Kermit the Frog. I like, got, you know, I was like, I'm going to Hollywood. I'm yeah. going to make people happy and sing and dance. And I'm telling you, like, uh, I had my eyes set on Henson. It was like, good for it you. was either Henson, Lucas, or Spielberg. And if you think yeah. at the time, you know, 90, 92, the Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars uh, um, uh, universe uh, yeah. was at a little bit of a pause.
0: Yeah. True. And
1: uh, I, tr- I interviewed at Amblin, didn't get that job. I'll remember you forever,
0: <laughs> mister,
1: you know who I'm talking about. Didn't give you that job. And then, um, and then, and then Henson, but you know, those are my heroes. And so I just, uh, and you know, I was just thinking about it when you were, when you were just asking me that question, like, wow, you know, Jim Henson, Lucas and Spielberg really were very personable with their audiences. They were like, yeah, they were, they were, you know, like they would show you behind the scenes. They they, they weren't afraid to like kind of talk you through it. And that was so exciting for a young, you know, filmmaker producer I mean,
0: that's when you really recognize a fellow nerd right because yeah. that's and that's how I feel about the avatar verse from Nickelodeon which is kind of where oh, I'm living right now with my podcast yeah um, because I could talk about it forever because like so much Henson stuff that there's so many layers that you can be any age and get something yeah. meaningful out of it um, and those guys Mike and Brian are so inclusive with their fans they understand that they're attracting people who really care about the process who really want to see the drafts of the sketches for Katara's winter outfit in season two. They want to see all of that. And I think you're so right. I mean, there was a, a feeling of, like, I, you might be interested in this too. I'm speaking as a person who maybe didn't have access to this stuff at your yep. age. And maybe you want, and, and so feeling that sense of permission to be behind it in some way, even the slightest little pinch. How exciting, you know? Yeah,
1: there was a museum show that went around that my friend Jennifer and I went to at the San Diego Museum of Art. It was the Muppets. And you could like walk yeah. around them and look at them. And now, of course, all of us have seen it, right? Like there's those shows out yeah. got there. But at that time, oh, that was no. really big deal and it inspired me just oh so yes it's a dream come true to work at henson and it's such a creative space the dna of who jim henson um was of course it's it's embedded in the company and i feel really fortunate because when i got there no i don't because i wish i had met him but i do feel fortunate that when i got there in 93 he had passed away in 90 and i feel like the grieving had ended and the Mm. healing had begun Mm. So I came there at a very optimistic, incredibly yeah. creative time. Yeah. Muppet Christmas Carol, greatest <sighs> movie ever. Um, so good. Had done so well that, you know, I got to take notes. My first week of work, I took notes in the first Farscape meeting,
0: in oh one of the gosh. first
1: um, Muppet Treasure Island meetings. You oh know, it was, just, it was extraordinary. So uh, it was a really, like, vibrant time. And everybody that was there uh, had grown up with Jim Henson, either yeah. – um, career-wise, or actually grew up, Brian Henson. Yeah. So I was—I kind of got all those lessons imparted to me. I was mentored in that tradition. So I'm really lucky. It's, it's And so I know great. Nick is, too, because Nicole was there a couple of years after I, know, I started. I know. She
0: was. And our mutual buddy, Kirk Thatcher, the craziest, most oh, he was my delightful, boss. lovable man. What a he- doll.
1: He was my first boss and he- that is
0: by the way hard for me to imagine. It's oh. hard for me to imagine. He I bet he was like please don't ever call me your boss. It's very uncomfortable. Oh, no, he loved I don't it. want to be he'd anywhere. Say- he
1: did? Oh yeah, he Oh, I'm like, going to give I, him
0: crap how about that.
1: you get in here. <laughs> get in here and I go, "What?" I was the worst assistant Jim." I'm like, "What?" Good. That's and all he, he said, deserves. Get me pudding. <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." And then I would go get him pudding. He's like, oh, "You really got me pudding?" I said, you
0: asked for pudding? what a weenie but that's that's so, i, I mean, loved him i thought he was oh, the coolest God. i was like
1: my boss doesn't wear shoes to work i work <laughs> at, i'm in heaven like i loved working for
0: him and i love him uh, so much well, that's, a, that's, oh wait oh please tell me the nickname please i beg you tell me the nickname
1: nani so,
0: nani
1: I know you're my little nani <laughs>
0: <laughs> i am so texting him as soon as we are call nani you're allowed um, but
1: yeah, I, you know, Kirk was so creative and, you know, we it was, just an, it was just a vibrant time. And so, you know, I was there during that time and then I left for a few years. Um, a German company, MTV, uh, bought the company and I just wasn't aligned with them. Yeah. So I left uh, to work on a show I created called Animal Jam for the company. Okay. And then I came back when the Hensons uh, bought the company back. And it, that was actually a very exciting time too because... Yeah. It might have been scary to some, but to me, I, I love building things. I love building new content. I love building. I love building a slate. And so yeah. we had we had nothing left. We were like the Muppets were gone, Bear the Big House yeah. was gone, but we did have Dark Crystal, Fraggle Rock, um, which at that time were being developed in features. So I focused my attention then on kits, and we yeah. built up shows like Sid the Science Kid, Oh, Sid so the Science and- Kid,
0: you've got, and then Word Party, which is yeah. obviously a little more recent. Dino Train, yep, right? There you That's go. a big one. I have to mention Harriet the Spy, which is yes! also new to that's Apple Plus, right? That's on Apple um, Plus. And I mean, up. look at all these babies. Look yeah. at all these wonderful babies that are out there being wonderful and, and, and being lush and rich and great landscapes for young people. Uh, and to we have something to varied say. Varied ages. Show. What a wide range, again, of ages with something to say, handling tough to say. topics. Mm-hmm.
1: And then what happened, I'll tell you, regarding Dark Crystal and Father Rock is suddenly. The Nerdles like me grew up yes. and assumed positions of power at the networks. That's so cool. And so you have Tybee Sully at Netflix who called me and said, What's going on with Dark Crystal? Or you have Terra Sorensen at Apple yeah. saying, I love Fraggle Rock. Let's do something with Fraggle Rock. Yeah. And so the opportunity to reboot both and it, of course dark crystal was a reboot it was a prequel but to do both really also came from the love of fans and of course yes. i'm a fan and so uh the, the the stars aligned for those shows to finally happen again
0: i will say and I, I probably said i mean i don't know have i said this on the podcast what opportunity would i have had i'm not sure because i'm trying to think of who else in kind of the henson universe i've had on the show where that would have come up probably colleen probably colleen smith yeah for sure. But yeah, just that I could talk about it till the cows come home on every episode of the podcast is just that feeling of, you know, when Nick and I got to know each other, which has now been like over a decade ago. Um, and, you know, she's so great because, you know, we met and we met because we had a Henson Puppet working during the uh, Vegas Comedy Festival, whatever, right, right. it was like not something I care about, except for that was such a major highlight. And she just she knows she can cite that. Hungry Henson fan in someone's <laughs> eyes, and she's like, "Do you want to come? Do you want to come to the network? Do you want to come to our studio?" <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Yes, yes, please. Let me not let you finish that sentence. I would love to come to her, Henson. Please let me come." And you know, was totally that person who, like, you know, walked through just crying, like <laughs> the Kermit, and the Charlie Chaplin, you know, and <laughs> and and that none of that has ever been. Nothing has ever sullied that at all. Like, it's just been, you know, I had the experience of working on Neil's Puppet Dreams with Neil Patrick Harris and the Henson Company and and knowing Brian and just every experience of sort of meeting various OG, you know, Muppet folks like the Dave Goalses of the world and just going, this is like you said, it's the DNA. It's tried and true. It's just very there and there's not a point at which that falls off it just keeps going and that's so special oh yeah i so call beautiful. it the rainbow connection it's I the have this, rainbow
1: connection i have this whole i know that sounds so corny but that's what i that's what i believe it's very whole punk like i i you know like i have this uh, uh lecture i give about how the rainbow connection was jim henson's secret formula for creativity and one of the things is that he just keeps passing it on he kept yeah. passing it on, and then everybody had a little piece of that rainbow in them, and then they'd pass it on. And he inspired something in, in the people that we've come across, right? So you've met these people that have worked on Henson Projects. So yes, all the people that have worked on it have said, like, I'm here you know, on the Dark Crystal because Jim Henson's Dark Crystal is the reason I went into filmmaking. I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've heard that. Or on Fraggle Rock up in Calgary. Yeah. I'm here on the set because... Jim Henson inspired me as a little kid to um, puppeteer, AKA John Tartaglia. And so, you know, he did pass it along to the people that you're seeing work on these shows, but like to so many, he he brings a smile to your face and he makes you, he made, he created programming that made you feel something, made you feel special and seen and blew your mind. And uh, so people remember that. And yes, I've experienced that too. And it's been really fun. When you have somebody like um, Brett Goldstein came and took a tour of the lot. And he, like, I thought he was going to, like, just start crying with joy. He was like, I love Jim Henson. We were like, we love you. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I just touched so many people. And you will even see, like, the biggest of the biggest stars get um, giddy and like, yes, yes, I want a tour.
0: Absolutely. And just to, I mean, I think we've already touched on this, but it is also evolving and grows with the times. It's not one of those companies that, in order to hold that DNA... That it's precious about it and that it feels like, oh, the world is aging past, you know, these values. Right. The world is like you're evolving with, you know, what do kids need to know about right now? What kind of comfort can we provide? What kind of instruction or, or education or just, again, how do you feel seen? What is it? There are many ways in which it feels just the same to be seen as a, oh, yeah. as a child as it was for us. But there are also all of these other, to your point different places where the stimuli is coming in and sort of how do you grapple with all that? And, and, you know, that's something that you guys take so seriously.
1: We do take it seriously. And one of the things Jim did was innovate, right? He innovated the art of television. So we're always doing that. So the look of the shows, I feel, are always, you know, top quality, premium and very modern television storytelling. The always thinking about what kids need now, like that is like my mantra. Like I, I, I know what kids are learning right now in school. I walk up and down the toy aisles of Target to see what they're playing. And also we think a lot about like, what do kids need right now in families? Like, and yeah. so and what do they need in three years? Cause it takes so long to get a TV show on the air. So it's irrelevant what, you know, they need to say. You have to think, like, yeah. further ahead. I remember I took around a show called Dot with Randy Zuckerberg, and we went to all the networks, and I'll never forget. We did sell it. It's a wonderful little show. Um, but I'll never forget certain networks saying, well, we don't want to encourage kids to hold iPads. And I was like, yeah. uh, you're not going to be able to stop them. Yeah. So- I'm
0: glad you sold it because you do hear you, – you have that fear. Like, if you're somebody who's taking something out and you're like – oh, no, I'm getting the chill of I'm too soon, but I'm not too soon. I'm right. Yeah. But they're late. And like, oh, please let someone get it because they are going to be really sad if they don't take advantage <laughs> of this because I know where this is going and I'm right. Of like, course. I mean, I think like
1: kids need to learn about digital citizenship. But yes, that is, a, you know, hence that we take the big swings. We yeah. take the big swings when it comes to education when it comes to, yeah, so sometimes do we miss, you know, like, I feel like with our show Splash and Bubbles on PBS, so proud of that show. Ocean Conservancy. We're like, come on, ev- come yeah, on, everybody. Yeah. And I feel like now the world's catching up. They're like, yes. oh, right, that's a problem. Yeah, um, yes. But at the time that it launched, you know, there Ugh. were other things that people, parents were worrying about. Now they're right. turning back to our show. But, right, so right. yes, uh, we definitely having to think forward and Fraggle Rock, You know, Jim Henson created Fraggle Rock to bring about world peace. That was his intention, which Mm. I love. And so we thought, okay, well, how do we create a world of peace inside the home, inside the heart, and out in the world today? Yeah. Not the lessons of yesterday. Yeah. Today, what does that look like in the future? And so a lot of the themes in the show, we did a lot of talking with like, you know, research scientists, poets, teachers, kids. Yeah, parents to just figure out like what do they need to hear and so you'll see those topics in the show uh being played out in a fraggly way but you know again it's like we have to do a little bit of a crystal ball and think about what do families need now but can you believe it like i can't like we started fraggle Rock before the pandemic yeah and the world needs fraggles so
0: the world needs fraggles everybody there's nobody's gonna argue with that nobody's gonna argue with that oh oh it's time for a quick break I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Hey kid.
1: Your dad tell you about the time he broke Stephen Dorf's nose at the Kids Choice Awards.
0: In Dead Pilot Society, scripts that were developed by studios and networks but were never produced are given the table reads they deserve.
1: When I was a kid, I had to spend my Christmas break filming a PSA about angel dust. So yeah, being a kid sucks sometimes presented by Andrew Reich and Ben Blacker. Dead Pilot Society, twice a month, on MaximumFun.org.
0: You know, the show you like, that hobo with the scarf who lives in a magic dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who? Yeah. Okay, I play this game at the okay, end. Yeah. I say the end, but, you know, because it takes a few minutes because we cycle through a few different categories um, where I'm going to create, speaking of world building and speaking of sort of living in this uh, very positive place of fantasy, um, I'm going to create this alternate universe, Halle World, uh, that <laughs> is going to basically I'm going to ask you for three choices per category. All you have to do is give me some ext- extemporaneous responses and then buy a series of almost any, meeny, miny, moes, if that's scientific, uh, scientific, you will end up with this alternate world that we've created with that's populated with all these things that you love. I'm
1: very excited.
0: So let's start out with, I mean, I think we got to start out with three books or book series, uh, books that you can jump into and just be in that realm so you're not reliving the plot. It's just the opportunity to just sink into that world, three.
1: Okay, I would definitely say... Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Um, I would say Harry Potter. Yeah. I would say Little House of the Perry.
0: Yeah, right? I mean, I was going to kind of give you a hard time if you didn't give me Little House. Okay. All right. Uh, similarly but different, let's pull three imaginary characters out of television, film, books, cartoons, comic books. Three characters... Uh, that you would love to imaginary characters uh, that you would love to have um, in your world that could be your buddy and exist in this realm.
1: Uh, Joe March from Little Women. Great. I would say Pa from Little House on the Prairie.
0: Aww.
1: I would say Indigo Montoya. How do you say that? Oh, Indigo yeah, Indigo Montoya. Montoya, yeah. Montoya yeah. yeah.
0: Wonderful. I need a I need a good pal. Who is also good at fencing? Yeah. Yeah. God, Christy. it gets a good fencing. Uh, I hope that you can distract him a little. Well, you know what? He's Now he's moved on. I was going to say, he's so one track, but he's by the end of the movie, he's, he's resolved that. So you're right. You're right. Now he just needs to live his beautiful life. Okay, next one. Let's do three places in the world, uh, whether you've been there or not, three places that you think it would be fun to have a second home. Not necessarily a vacation home. Could be work home. Could be busy, mm. other city, elsewhere in the world, bustle, hustle and bustle. Um, but three places. Vacation or Second Homes.
1: Idlewild. Great. Bally, Great. And Glastonbury. And you don't say it with an accent like that. I don't even know what that accent was, but Glastonbury.
0: <laughs> it's okay because I immediately tried to do it to you. I was like, Glastonbury? Uh Wonderful. Three foods that in this reality feel maybe you don't consume or consume often because you feel perhaps it's ecologically uh, irresponsible or it's something you have an allergy to or you just can't eat a whole chocolate cake anymore without feeling sick. We're going to remove all of those ramifications. It's a magical alternate universe. Where Nothing's being anything. harmed. Anything. Just you can have it whenever you want. It's not the only food you eat. It's just three foods you would love to be able to have at the snap of your fingers if there were zero ramifications.
1: Ooh. Ooh, that's such a good question. I want the cashew chicken from the Chinese restaurant near the sports arena in San Diego that I'll never for- remember the name, and I'll never have it again.
0: You—it's like, like you've played this before. That is a I gorgeous use of the so category.
1: Badly, I would like to have a good slice of pizza from a, a good New York slice of pizza. Right. That would be great because I love pizza. Yeah, me too. And oh, okay. I would love to have a strawberry shake from McDonald's with french fries dipping in it oh and, eat, God, and
0: eating that's it. That's
1: so great. Yes. Uh, that's what I'd like. Uh, I just saw, I just saw a, I think it was a TikTok or something of a little girl eating McDonald's french fries. And then she just starts to just like She just starts to eat it like a goat, like just like 10 of them at once. And I'm like, yes. And by the way, I haven't had a McDonald's franchise in forever. But I'm just saying I understood where she was going with
0: that. Absolutely. Those some of those things. I mean, I I will say that's a good thing about having consumed a lot of something as a young person in perpetuity is like I absolutely know what. TGI Friday's broccoli cheese soup tastes like I to the point too. where I don't ever have to have it again because I, I can almost taste it so anything <laughs> that I feel like maybe I shouldn't eat anymore but I used to eat a lot it's yeah. all in there it's the all in there. TGI Friday's was fancy that
1: was like that was like yeah. fancy in my family.
0: Broccoli cheese yeah it happened to be the the fast food place the sort of sit-down place that was between my house and my high school when I walked home. <laughs> So there would be a lot of like, oh, I didn't eat any lunch. Maybe if I just pop in here and have a sundae and some broccoli cheese soup, <laughs> that's a meal. Yummy. ay yi Okay, next category, let's do this. Now, this is all due respect to uh, real-life Beau's real-life husband, who I know is uh, wonderful and shares some of your uh, same values about things that you like to watch. I know he's going to watch Raggles. but... Um, but uh, in this alternate universe, this is a M.A.S.H. game. It does involve some alternate universe kind of romance or companionship. Yes. So you can pick living or dead, real or imaginary, any version of any kind of con- companion uh, or short term, even like a like a flirty date night with one person. You, that you're that you like, I never want to see that guy again, but I just want that one date. Uh, three.
1: Severus Snape. I think it's to the really intense community. Um, yeah. Indiana Jones.
0: Yeah. Oh, great. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I don't know, Richard Gere in First Night keeps popping
0: up. Like Oh, yes, indeed. He Absolutely. Gorgeous. Richard Gere is like the king of he has a secret in his heart that he almost is about to tell you, but he just pipes down and has a little secret smile to himself. I'm realizing that's his like... That's his strong suit when, yes. when acting is I like, like what are you thinking right now? Please tell me. No, don't tell me. No, do tell me. No, don't tell me. <laughs> uh, OK, next category. Let's do three skills that you we, we can just sort of give you that you'll wake up with tomorrow and you'll kind of have downloaded it matrix style. You'll just suddenly know how to rock, speak like all languages up the sur- or
1: surface of cliffs, Great. Like rock climbing, Great.
0: Um,
1: rock climbing for sure. Um, scuba diving. Great and the power to have psychic communication like i could i could right now say to you you know like i could speak to you and I'd be like
0: just yeah. come to I mean, me i guess that's is that right? telepathy i guess that's telepathy i don't know
1: it's yeah. kind of like obi-wan like
0: luke yeah you know like i could yeah. do that like
1: i could suddenly say i to hear like your my son, voice but yeah. your
0: lips aren't moving yeah exactly like wonderful yeah Ooh, that's very powerful. I trust you. I trust you to use it for good. Okay. Um, okay. uh second to last category, let's do three, let's do three cartoon, puppet, muppet uh, creatures that we bring into the world or send you into their world that you get to hang out with that, that are a buddy of yours. So, and more in the lines of, you know, your Grovers, your Sids, mm-hmm. your, uh, I, guess, uh- I mean, he's still a little person, but.
1: Yeah. Um, Gonzo. Yeah. Uh, Falcor, the dragon from Never Ending Story.
0: Yeah. His little pearly scales. And Chewbacca. Chewy. I love
1: me some Chewy. Great. In fact, I want to trade Indigo for Chewy.
0: Okay, great. Okay. Done.
1: Thank you.
0: Sorry, Indigo, but I'm sure he would understand. You can't compete with Chewy. You cannot compete with Chewy. You can't. Okay. And then, final category let's do three movies that you can jump into and just be in that world.
1: Definitely the Muppet movie. That would be yeah. my dream to get in the car uh. with uh, Kermit and Fozzie.
0: I mean, I just want to be at that campfire with Gonzo. The whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just exactly. fast forward to that and then just sob. It's my favorite song in the whole world.
1: It's the best song. Ever. Oh
0: gosh. Uh,
1: I think that then I would say, like, I would like to hang with the Time Bandits. I think oh, that'd be yeah. super fun to go Absolutely. adventure around with them.
0: Absolutely.
1: I guess I've already said Harry Potter's my favorite books, but I really do love the world of Harry Potter so much. So I yes. guess getting, you know, getting very specific, I'd say Hogwarts. I would love okay. to go visit Hogwarts.
0: Perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay, beautiful. All right. Uh, give me a number between one and seven. Seven. Okay. While I am doing this, if you don't mind revisiting some of the stuff that we've talked about, specific shows that people should be checking out. Maybe if, there, if you want to throw an age range in there, like, hey, if you're listening and you have a niece who's X years, you got to be checking out da-da-da-da.
1: Okay. What the world needs now is more Fraggle Rock. And so yes. I'm super excited and want everybody to check it out, families. You can have little kids, older kids, grandparents. Let me tell you, my mom loves it. My mom doesn't watch everything that I make. So I'm telling you, check ah. out Fraggle Rock. Yeah, Apple TV Plus. So excited for everybody to see it. If you have little kids and you want them to meet the best friends they've ever had, then please check out on Netflix, Word Party and our new spinoff series, Word Party Presents Math. Yes, we are teaching math to little ones through nice. the babies. So that is a show that I really want you all to cuddle up with. I want everyone to check out *Harry the Spy*. You know, it's it when you look at it at first, you go, "Did I?" Re-? You know, like some people, I don't know if everybody's read the book, um, but the people that I have talked to that read the book as a kid,
0: yeah, and I it's definitely still in
1: print. It's still like a huge classic.
0: She's oh, yeah. Changed
1: their lives. You know, yeah. it changed my life. Uh, you know, she's like she's so punk rock, isn't she's she? She's so
0: punk rock. Yeah. And she does represent that that thing we all have in us where, you know, we just take something a little too far.
1: <laughs> oh, she takes it way too far. But she's also an artist. Yes. And that's what I loved about it. That's why it was a real Jim Henson show is because yeah. she yes. was an artist's eye. And we were celebrating right. that creativity. And yes, it can go a little too far sometimes, right? Uh, Again,
0: identifiable. I need those <laughs> I need those people in my uh, in what I ingest because I need to be reminded that that's very human and that it's okay and you don't have to beat up on yourself all the time for it. Exactly. You
1: know? Exactly. So it's not surprising to me that she inspired me to write
0: yeah. a story.
1: Yeah. Um, that'll be coming out. It's not out yet. That one's coming out um, this year. And right. it's kind of a fictional what if my dad when he was yeah.
0: a young boy oh, met harriet it's wonderful so anyway that's, that's wonderful. What it's about i have your results but okay, i don't yeah. want to stop what you if are there's they? anything okay I'm all right excited. i am also very excited about this i feel very very good about it i want to say first of all i have not been to bali i absolutely will go and want to go i don't know what because mansion apartment shack or house is what the game is sort of predicated on it mm. that's the mash of the mash game and you have an apartment in bali so i don't know what that sort of maybe an apartment is like one of a series of of small places right on the beach or so you would know better than i since you didn't get a shack house or a mansion what what an apartment in bali is but you have one you okay. absolutely have I love one. it i love so it so you have a beautiful apartment in bali You have the ability to jump into the book, uh, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, whenever you so desire. Speaking of being able to disappear into to another place, Uh, you also have uh, the ability to wherever you are. And I don't I mean, listen, I don't know if you want to introduce pizza uh, into the world of the hobbits, but um, you can have a perfect slice of new york pizza wherever whenever you want snap of your fingers it manifests yes so that is available to you i think that's going to make chewy very happy oh good because i know he is present in your life oh my god Um, i'm so excited i also want to say whatever's going to happen with this adventure with uh mr indiana jones i can't (laughs) wait that's going to be Amazing. There's Is no it, way that's not going to be uh f- action filled. I mean, something's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be an Indonesian adventure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, there's going to be a Bali tie. The there could be yeah. a Bali tie in even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There will be. Um, I also want to ugh, see I save these two for last because I'm so terribly excited about them, but not only do you have Gonzo in your world whenever you want, you also can jump into the Muppet movie. <gasps>
1: Whenever you want,
0: and that makes my heart so so happy. Um, And you know what? I think they're. I think the Muppets are gonna want a little pizza. I think it's me good that you're able to manifest pizza. I I think they'll get themselves into situations where they haven't had enough to eat. Their blood sugar is dipping. Yeah, you know, and they're gonna need some sustenance. I
1: agree. And it's gonna be pizza.
0: I agree. So that is your one hundred percent guaranteed. Alternate universe, mash life. Allie, I think you have put something very special together. And oh, forgot my last thing you're also telepathic. Yay! <laughs>
1: Can you hear what I'm saying to you right
0: now? She, uh, it sounds like this is the most fun Allie's ever had on a podcast. I'm pretty sure that's what's being communicated to me right now. I have the power. You have the power. <laughs> Uh, this has been such a treat, as I knew it would be. I'm so glad that you uh, made time for this, and thank you for letting me totally geek out on all the things you you do that I have so much love and respect for. The hardest thing for me is, like, finishing this up and, not real, I'm, like, knowing that I personally don't work for the Henson Company. So if there's ever <laughs> anything you need me to do, okay. you, I could be a, walk on through a scene where I'm just carrying a bunch of bananas. Um yes. I might just need to get a little Henson Company back on me because it's been a minute since I've been down there. It's been a minute since I went to the last time I was there was one of the balls. I can't remember who was being honored. Possibly Dave. No, I I think it was the one after that. Anyway, it was wonderful, and I still have my little um, eyeballs that fit that we got. as little. Yeah, I mean, we'll make
1: a deal that we'll all get together on the Henson lot and eat chimichangas and roll tacos.
0: Yeah, uh, and feel sick
1: later, but in the moment be so happy.
0: I'm in i'm so in yay heli thank you thank Thank you you. everyone thank you for joining me on the podcast i will speak to you next week (laughs) the show is produced by julian burrell and christian duenas and as always the jv club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing say hi